all you reinventors. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm the founder of this podcast and of the Covey Club over at CoveyClub.com, where we actually are the experts in reinvention. And I hope that you will come over to CoveyClub.com, check us out, type in the word reinvention into the spyglass search area in the nav bar, and you will find hundreds of articles, essays, how-tos, book reviews, videos, whatever you might need to reinvent yourself. And of course, there's hundreds of other articles all about your life at this point in life and all the things that are transpiring, which I call adolescence in reverse. And so please go over there, check us out. And I want to talk to you today about somebody who you're going to be really excited about hearing from, Tracy Schubert Barrett. She was one of the founders of HGTV and like many of us, got to a fabulous position in the corporate world, was trying to balance a family, a crazy life with a lot of travel, a life she loved, but wondering is there more? And is this the way it's supposed to be? And we have a wonderful conversation about those answers, how she found them and what she did to get there, which you will wanna hear and you will wanna follow her ideas. She also has a wonderful book coming out that will be helpful to you if you're asking yourself those same questions. And she's going to come teach a class at cubbyclub.com on January 19th in 2023 about this exact thing. So be sure to sign up. We'll have the link in the show notes for the class. Whether you're a member or not a member, you can come and you just pay a small fee if you're not a member, but you definitely should meet Tracy and get to know what she did to figure that question out. So here she is. Hey, Tracy, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. It's great to be here. I'm so excited. Wonderful. So I was so excited to talk to you because I don't get to meet many people who are the founding team member of something like HGTV, who says, I wonder if there's more and walks away from <laughs> that job. I think there are hundreds, maybe thousands of people listening to us who are th saying, oh my God, if I could only do that. So um, let's hear a little bit about your background. First of all, how did you get to HGTV? Just just very quickly, since we're short here. Um, mm -hmm. Where'd you grow up? What'd you study? <laughs> I grew up in South Florida, actually. Went to school at Indiana University, and I mainly went there because uh, I wanted to be part of the TV radio school. School. They're one of the few universities that has a television station and a, a uh, you know, radio station on the FM dial, which back back in the late 80s was very impressive. And Jane Pauley went there and I thought I was going to be the next oh, Jane Pauley. So fabulous. I wanted to follow in her footsteps. And after a few internships and newsrooms, I decided I don't want to be Jane Pauley. But I love television and I love building things. And so moved to Chicago, which was the closest big city and landed into television. And, you know, long story short, I heard cable was, you know, 
the the thing in the mid nineties, everybody wanted to get into cable television and, and there were tons of networks that were launching at the same time. And many did not make it. Um, the year that HGTV launched, I think there were 25 networks that launched that year and wow. only two survived. Wow. Yeah. And so it was that startup mentality, um, hungry entrepreneurial, you know, mission driven organization that I wanted to be a part of. And when I heard about HGTV, it was, you know, definitely through the media grapevine, as you know, the media world's much smaller than people realize. Oh, yes. And it's yeah, very incestual too. I'm surprised we haven't worked for each other or known each other I, or whatever. Yeah. It's so tiny. People don't realize is, how tiny it is. Yeah, it is. And once you can, if you can get your foot in the door, it is a fabulous career to be a part of. And I just heard through the grapevine that HGTV, well, it wasn't even called HGTV at the time. It was like going to be a network that was going to be like Martha Stewart meets Bob Vila, but we don't have Martha Stewart and we don't have Bob Vila. So people <laughs> were going, gonna... what is that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we, um, I joined the team. There were just a handful of us and we were all eager and excited to get this idea off the ground and had our fingers and toes crossed that it would stick. And it was a group of talented people from all over the country with all different television backgrounds. And we pieced together programming. And in the beginning, nobody knew we existed, but slowly but surely we we uh, hit the big time and it grew pretty quickly. We got you know full penetration across the United States rather quickly. And it was an amazing, exciting ride. I was there for almost two decades of my life. I feel like two I grew up decades. there. Wow. Mm-hmm. You look, you don't look like you're even two decades old. I have to tell you. <laughs> I'm solidly in my fifties, but thank you. No way. All right. Yeah. Well, to, I'm going to have to take all these people who are preternaturally young looking, and we're going to have to have a round table on those people. <laughs> Start with a good zoom filter. Okay. Um. All right. <laughs> no, the, youth, the, youth filter, the youth filter. I could use that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it was, it was a fabulous company. I have nothing but great things to say about HGTV and, and it was an exciting ride. I learned a lot. I had amazing mentors, um, great talent that I got to work with and yeah, it was fabulous. But um, you know, I think I hit a crossroads in my forties that a lot of people hit um, especially women and That's why we do Covey Club. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I had fallen head first into the women can have it all mantra yeah. that was kind of drilled into my head in my 20s and 30s. And I woke up with it all, you know, technically, I guess, officially, you know, I had the job that I had dreamt of. I was at the top of the ladder. There was nowhere else for me to kind of move up, at least in, in my area of the company. Um, I had a great team, everything, you know, I had a husband, I had two children living in a great city. And I was completely confused why I felt so exhausted, so restless, so depleted. And why would I want to leave something, you know, that I was good at and that I loved and that I had helped build it felt like, right. And paid the bills. Absolutely. And you know, I wrestled with it honestly for a number of years because of those golden handcuffs. Um, golden handcuffs, but also identity handcuffs. Yes, I felt identity like is a big issue. Yes. Yeah. It was like, can I, who am I outside of HGTV? That's who, right. I mean, I couldn't even answer that question. That's and, right. you know, this was the 
height of uh, the Oprah era, which was, you know, be the best version of yourself. And I remember thinking, yeah, I want to, but what is the best version of myself? <laughs> like, how do I even answer those questions? And and how do I know who that person is? And I think, you know, I had so dutifully gone through all those predetermined mile markers, you know, checked all the boxes. Right. And I looked ahead of me and I was like, what are the boxes left besides retirement? I don't, I don't quite understand what I'm supposed to do from here. And that left me at a crossroads. And, you know, the I could have sat and waited for the company to be sold or, you know, a number of different avenues, but I just, instead of waiting to be pushed out, I just decided it was time for me to walk out. And people thought I was insane. Yeah. Bonkers. Bonkers. Yeah. From people in the industry to people, my own family were like, what are you, what are you doing? Uh You spent your whole life building this career and you're throwing it away. And, you know, but at the same time I was flying all over the country nonstop. I had two young, beautiful daughters at home that were holding onto my leg as I walked out the door and, you know, and I'd be in the air crying, thinking, what am I, what am I doing? Did you? Yes. You can, I did. That's funny. Yeah. I haven't heard very many executives admit that, but when Mm -hmm. we used to get on the planes to go to the collections in Europe, doesn't that sound exciting? Three weeks Mm -hmm. in Europe going to fashion collections. What could be more amazing and fancy restaurants and beautiful clothes and people give you stuff and we would cry because mm-hmm. we were leaving our kids behind. Yeah. And we had yeah. little babies and um, it was terrible. And I, a terrible. girlfriend of mine who had twins, baby twins would get on the plane and cry. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. like, you know, it sounds like, get, let me get out the smallest violin for you. Yeah, um, exactly. But exactly. it was so, it was, we had not, integrated the idea that you know maybe it's not right for everybody and this we've taken on I think I think a lot of it had to do with structure don't you as we're running in an old patriarchal structure oh yeah that did not accommodate women's needs yeah absolutely and I feel like you know I wish I had known you when I was going through that because it was almost this like silent suffering oh yeah and you couldn't let anybody know you couldn't let anybody know, especially as a woman, because you had fought for that position. And unfortunately, so many women are conditioned to think there are so few spots for them. So right. you feel you're always in some sort of weird com- competitive mode. And I can completely relate. I mean, I can remember it hitting me so hard on a trip to a dream home giveaway. And I'm flying wow. to beautiful dream home giveaway with our clients and, you know, amazing talent that everybody knows there. And we're drinking wine and Sonoma overlooking this, you know, and I'm thinking, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, I am hurting on the inside. And I remember coming home to my husband and saying, I'm just not sure that I, I can eke this out anymore. And, you know, it's, it was back then, you know, it wasn't even that long ago, but pre-pandemic, it was unheard of to ask for, you know, remote work or, you know, it was, no, no, no. Oh, what a no, no. Yeah. Yeah. You had to be seen to believe you were working and, you know, there, the whole FaceTime, you know, making sure FaceTime to you and me meant being in the office. So people saw you were working. It didn't mean like being on FaceTime on your phone, like my teenagers believe. Um, 
So yeah, it's, it was a different universe. And I mean, as much as I admired and loved my bosses, you know, it was not an option to, you know, I had some flexibility because I was a founder and I had been there for a long period of time. Um, but not the kind of flexibility that would have afforded me what I needed to juggle everything I was juggling. So what happened? So I made the bold move to call my bosses and resign, um, which actually took some time because the chief revenue officer hung up on me and told me I was just having a bad day. So it t- <laughs> that's good. I like that. <laughs> took a couple of days to actually resign. Um, and then, you know, I stayed for another month or two just to wrap things up and had a fabulous going away party and then woke up the next morning feeling completely naked and Mm. afraid and, Mm -hmm. um, looking out my windows, wandering around and, you know, went through a little bit of a identity shift and needed to kind of wrestle through the big questions that had left me at this crossroads, you know, how did I get here? You know, who am I today versus who I was when I was 22 and started out and where do I want to go? What, what do I want? What is really going to satisfy me? And I went through a process of answering these questions and devising a plan for myself and, you know, basically started in a new endeavor and it happened pretty organically. I have my master's in professional psychology that I had gotten oh. kind of nights and weekends in the early days of HGTV. We had no HR department and I had no management training and, you know, rose up through the ranks rather quickly and was like, I don't really want to get an MBA in television. That doesn't make sense. I, I'll, I'll get a master's in professional psychology. And I think it was um, also because I just love psychology. I love human nature. I love Mm -hmm. meeting people where they are. And I wanted to learn how to listen better to my staff. And, and so when I left HGTV, you know, there were several people in the media industry that reached out to me for coaching and help and just kind of organically became an executive coach and then built a company. And my husband was doing strategic planning and he joined me and we created a business consulting firm and, And I'd love to say it was this grand master plan, but I think what happened was when I tapped into what I really wanted, um, instead of having, you know, having it all, what is it that I just need and want? Mm. And, you know, set aside all those sort of, you know, um, America's definition of success and Mm -hmm. decided to redefine it for myself. And it really landed on what is going to be significant to me and to the to others, to the, to my little small corner of the world. And I started coaching and doing team building and got certified in a number of processes like emotional intelligence and started writing and writing it. um, You know, I have a book coming out in January that really chronicles this whole journey that I went through because with every client I took on, and I'm sure you know this so well, Mm -hmm. every woman that we talk to and a fair number of men, I mean, the majority of my clients oddly are, are men, um, mainly because I speak at a lot of CEO conferences and, and sadly, most people in the room are men, but, um, they're all, you know, we're all wrestling with this midlife, mid-career crossroads. And I was like, I want to write about my experience and their experience and the process that I take people through to come up with a plan for the rest of their lives that speaks to them and that 
helps them to feel significant and relevant. And, you know, I talk a lot in the book, how we're living longer and healthier longer if we choose to, and how do we lean into that? And what sort of mindsets do we need to have? And what are the tools? It's really the book I wish I had when I, when I hit this crossroads basically. And, and so, you know, that's what I've been, been doing post HGTV and it's been wildly rewarding and completely unexpected. Um, yeah, so it's been exciting. So what what help did you get, garner yourself if you didn't have that book then? So did you go into psychotherapy? Had you already done therapy? Did you get coaches? Did you go on, you know, major hikes and walks or travel the world? <laughs> or what? what brought you to your understanding of what yeah. you had to do? Yeah. A lot of it was building my business, navigate the journey, I think. And, and wanting, I hadn't had to learn a new set of work skills, um, or used my talents in such a unique way. Um, I was kind of on autopilot towards the end of HGTV. I mean, I loved being a manager, but you know, when you're in a career for that long, you can kind of do it with your eyes closed. And, Um, So it was this kind of big awakening for me. It was like I had to turn off, you know, the autopilot and and turn back on the GPS and figure out, you know, where I was going and what interested me and what was lighting my fire, where my passions lie. And and so a lot of that was really leaning into this new company and building it. And, you know, HGTV was the most amazing training ground for an entrepreneur and to go off and to get to start something um, you know, new and fresh, just relit all those fires. And so a lot of it was training and, um, you know, I had my master's degree, which I hadn't leaned into as deeply as I do now. And, you know, of course, as a, I'm I'm technically a trained psychotherapist, you know, and so, yeah. So, um, you know, it's a weird combination. And I think people come to me because it's really hard to find somebody who has, a very long corporate career, but also is a trained psychotherapist. Oh, and that, yes. you know, you usually coaches have one or the other and I had both. So I really, you know, leaned in to answering these big questions and, and, and working on what I call a strategic life map, where I'm able to take people through these questions that they're wrestling with and giving them tools, you know, that do lean in heavily to my executive experience, but also my psychology background. And so we, we go back before we go forward. We look at our past and our past patterns and self-limiting beliefs and how we got to where we are today and what do we need to push through to move forward. And I know for myself, you know, when I was sitting there and wanting to take a leap of faith and leave, fear was the number one thing that held me back. Um, Just a fear of so much, the fear of the unknown, fear of lack of money, fear of losing my identity, fear of how I'd be seen, judged. Oh yeah, Um, how you'd be seen. Well, it's the identity thing, which is weird. We wrote a piece about, we had a woman who was a big Wall Street um, financial hitter who left and um, she couldn't take it anymore. It was just grinding her and completely killing her. And she talks about how she just ended up crying the first day when she was, you know, 
didn't know who she was anymore. She, mm -hmm. That was her identity. She'd walk into the room and she was, you know, a big Wall Street honcho. And now who is she? She's, you know, and that identity thing is such a big issue for and for women. And it was the big issue for men all along. Yeah. But we have fallen in that same trap, unfortunately. We have. And, and I think too, you know, when you just think about our psyche and especially being in big jobs um, and especially being in a media career oh, where yes. a lot of people know you and, yes. you know, there's fancy events, it's glamorous. Right. And, and so you, when you walk away, you have an importance deficit, you know, no, yes, you no longer feel super important thing to talk about. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. And and I definitely, definitely felt that, you How know, when you, you get through that, oh gosh, is that a long story? <laughs> just, that, that's the long story. Well, even, even saying it, it's like, I get okay. a pit in my stomach again. Okay. Cause I can feel, you know, like, you know, you go from, you know, being an executive to like making a bologna sandwich for your kids and you're right. like, right. you know, you're home and I'm happy and I'm with them. But all of a sudden I'm sitting in this place that, you know, if I'm going to be completely honest, I used to judge, like, what are the stay-at-home moms complaining about? You know, like, yes. and then you are one. And I think to me, that was the greatest gift. It was like, I have been able to see both sides of the fence and appreciate them both and understand how important it is to root our identity in something other than our job, other than being a mom, you know, so we, hard. we, it's yeah. so hard and, and it's a process and it's like, we tie our identity to a role and that's dangerous because our roles constantly change. Our kids can move out of the house and go off to start their own lives and our jobs could end and our companies could be sold and we could get divorced. All these things can happen to change our identity. So our identity needs to be rooted in something much stronger than a role. That's so interesting. It's a, and, and there's pressure on the outside. When I left Mary Claire, my daughter was, I used to run Mary Claire magazine in the mm -hmm. US. I'm very glamorous traveling the world, traveling the red carpet, all that stuff. And my daughter says to me, you can't do that. That's the only reason why Mrs. So-and-so, the librarian, likes me. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, well, we're just going to have to deal with that because I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh. I can completely relate because people constantly are like, you're hanging out with the property brothers and, right. and now you're now what are you doing? You know, it's right now you're yeah. on the PTA. Yes, that's a great, <laughs> a great topic. But you help women and men get through that, right? Yes, And that's what yes. you're doing in your coaching. So talk a little bit about what your business is. Is it a coaching business or is it more than that? It's more than that. It's got a couple of arms. So it's a business consulting firm. And we basically just come alongside entrepreneurial companies, business leaders, and help them scale their company um, through strategic planning, which my husband oversees. And then we have, you know, we have employees as well that, you know, work with us to help um, grow their teams to be healthy because you can optimize your business and, and operate your business well. But if your team isn't healthy and you don't have a great culture, it doesn't really matter. Right. You know, one's going to offset the other. So our company meets you, you know, in both areas. It's kind of a one-stop shop where we're going to really strengthen the culture of your team, but we're also going to optimize your business. And then we also help leaders individually. 
And that's where I come in, whether that's with coaching, whether that's with going through this two-day one-on-one process to, to really, um, you know, design a plan for the rest of your life that, that is more than just your vocation. It's heavily career focused and it's really saying, okay, what do I want the second half of my life to look like on my terms and who am I and what's going to bring me the most satisfaction, but also allow me to work much longer than you know, maybe originally is planned. I mean, the retirement age is fuzzy now. We're not really sure what that is anymore. And a lot of people are like, I want to be relevant. I don't want to age yes, out. They don't want to know? age out. Yes. And that's, yeah. a, and it's a very real, very big problem of mm-hmm. people pushing you out and women get pushed out in their fifties and they yes. can't get back in. The men get pushed out in their fifties, but they get back in. Right. The women, right. it's much harder to get back in at that point. It really is. And it's, um, you know, I think too, like, I love the work you're doing and sort of lifting the veil to all of this and connecting women to each other, because I do think that's part of the solution is yes, awareness. Yeah. That, I mean, we've always had some trailblazing women that went before us, you know, Julia Child, you know, didn't write her first cookbook till she was 39 and Vera Wang, you know, started at 40 in her business. You know, we have all these examples Um, but they seem like unicorns to us, you know, especially people our age, but now I think we can sort of lift the veil and say, no, you know, this is available to so many of us. We can, as you say, reinvent ourselves and we can design a life. We just need to get in touch with who we are, understand more fully, you know, what our unique giftings and talents are and what we want to do. What do we want our legacy to be? What is going to to help us age in a way where we're not scared, you know, but instead we're excited. And I think that's, you know, really where so many of us want to be. And that's what I look back on. And I had this big glamorous career. It was wonderful. It was great. I was not going to leave it in the middle of it, of course, but looking back, I wish I had started Covey Club 10 years earlier, Mm, Yeah, you know, because then I would have had a longer runway and, um, And to be able to work for yourself is so, to me, in my opinion, um, for me is just, it's just so lovely to not, you know, put up with the mean girls and the stupid guys telling me that, you know, I should do what their wives want them, want me to do on the magazines. Like, yeah, seriously, really? Yeah. So it's, but it's hard to get there. And um, that's, that's the hard part for a lot of people is to give it up. Yeah, it's hard to give it up. And I completely understand that. But I think, you know, the more that you're able to shine a light and the more I'm able to shine a light, the more that we can help people let go of all those fears and realize that there is life on the other side. And actually, we kind of think the life is better on the other side, Yes, yes, you know, yes. And and it needs to come at the right time. You know, I feel like, I mean, what you're doing is like, it's, it is the perfect time. I feel like there is like this reawakening that's happening and the more people that are involved and, and really spreading the news, the better it's going to be for women because, you know, the struggle is real. We need each other. We need support systems and we need people who've gone before saying it's okay. You know, there, there are options. There are things that you can do and design and places you can go and be and feel fulfilled. And I believe, 
you know, the money is always holding us back. Yes, but, that's one of know, the big issues. It's one of the big issues. But if you can tap into your unique talents and your passion and really lean in to that future and really having a significant impact and putting that redefining success in that way, I feel like the money comes, you know, I, it, it's just, it, you can provide sources of revenue, but again, you have to go back to maybe we don't need to have it all. Maybe we just need to yes. identify what we need. Love. So what are three things that if, if somebody who's listening is in that, you know, golden handcuffs job and thinking, I just can't do any more of this any longer. What are your three best tips for them? I mean, how do they have to prepare for that transition or what? I mean, I don't know. So you tell me what are the, <laughs> the most, you know, sort of inside girlfriend um, thoughts about that? Well, I think first, I always say to people, really take the time to identify what you're wrestling through. Are you, what is, what is causing the restlessness? Are you unhappy where you are? Is there a stressor that can be fixed? Um, you know, take time out or away if you can to answer some really significant questions for yourself. Like, how do you want to be remembered? What's that legacy you want? You know, start broad and then kind of hone back into a shorter term vision. You know, what do I want to be true in five years that's not true now? Hmm, and write the answer, write the answers to that and, and look at it and say, okay, well, how can I start to move the ball down the field this year that I'm in? What do I need to start doing, stop doing and continue doing? And I think if you can answer kind of the broad legacy question, the sort of five-year question, and then sort of the year ahead, you can start to really understand what's missing and, you know, what's good, what's bad and what are some things that you can possibly change? I mean, not all of my clients that come to me change or leave their job. You know, some of them learn that they haven't been really using their talents well, that mm. they, you know, many of them own their own company and they just want to fall back in love with what they are doing. Oh, They've lost their way. Oh. So for some of us, we need to fall back in love with what we're doing. And, and for other people, we need to leave. <laughs> We, we should have left a long time ago, but we need to leave Fine. and start fresh. And so answering some of these big questions, putting, you know, some time against it, wrestling through, and, you know, there are coaches out there that can help you, you know, cause sometimes we really need an objective viewpoint. We need somebody at 10,000 feet saying, do you hear what you're saying? Do you understand, you know, and helping people push through the fear and, you know, um, not to be self-serving, but you can also buy my book because it is really a step-by-step -step guide to ah, so it's a go how to through. in there. It's a how-to. I have oh, all the fabulous. how to answer these questions, how to design the plan for yourself. I really know that I my reach is limited. I'm only one person. I can only do Correct. you know so many one-on-one -on -one sessions with people, and so I wanted to write a book that was like here, here it is. Here's the secret formula. You know. Um, these are my answers to the questions I had to wrestle with. And I hope it helps you. I hope it gets you to the place you want to be. So fabulous. Tell us about what's the title of the book and it'll be available in January, correct? 
It will be available January 24th, um, anywhere you buy books. And it's called What If There's More? Finding Significance Beyond Success. And what if there, there's more is the question I just kept asking myself over and over again. And mm-hmm. I found out there's there's more. Spoiler. There's a lot more, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what's fantastic. Yeah. And where can people find you, Tracy? Can they find, is there a website? What are your yes. social handles? Yes. Um, so my website is Tracy with an I, SchubertBarrett.com. And all the information is there about me, the book, my services. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Tracy S. Barrett. Fantastic. Awesome. And I know there's so many people who are listening who need to answer those questions. And I love the fact that you did it as a how-to. That's just, that's awesome. I love how-to as well. Um, because then we can really share all our learning with other people. And you're right. You can only, you can only work with a few people, but you can certainly change other people's lives from afar. Yes. That's the hope. Awesome. Tracy, thank you so much. So wonderful to speak with you. Thank you, Leslie. It's been such a fabulous honor. So thank you for listening to us. And I hope that this conversation with Tracy was enlightening for you. I love, I can't tell you how much I love finding people who have done that most dangerous, scary thing. I didn't do that. My job left me. I didn't have that choice. Um, But it is really scary to jump off the mountain when you're at the top of the mountain. And what a wonderful landing and what a wonderful inspiration she is for all of us so i hope you enjoy it if you like the podcast please rate us that helps other people finding us please give us five stars if you like us give us a comment i'd love to hear from you and of course pop on over to coveyclub.com and join the rest of all those fabulous women who are reinventing themselves today So until next time, I will see you. Keep reinventing, girlfriends.